0: Don't act too excited. Down that way. All right. If you would um, uh, turn in your Bibles to M- Matthew chapter 1. We'll get there in a few minutes. You know, I as a ministry you become a little self-conscious that you're saying the same things over and over again especially when you're at the tail end of a sermon series and feels like i've been talking about the exodus story since the beginning of uh of 2021 uh and that might actually be true it's only been a couple of months but uh it kind of keeps uh keeps coming up because i keep wanting to draw our attention to it and i think now can the people handle one more sermon of me talking about the exodus and then I, I sat with my wife uh, this week and we watched a couple of Hallmark movies and I, I realized that people can handle hearing the same story over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again uh, so I feel like uh, I feel like I'm okay to repeat myself uh, that uh, it's you know we have same story different actors uh, but it's uh it's it's the story that and we want to sort of reiterate in our hearts and our minds and remind ourselves of how God is working in history. And so I, I've called the sermon series Xmas to kind of combine the Exodus story with the Christmas story and see how these things connect. And we've looked at a lot of different lives and how God has been at work. Uh, in so many different stories, and not just the Exodus story, but in the rest of the Old Testament, telling this story of God's redemption, of God sending deliverance and hope. We looked at, in our first week of the Xmas series, we looked at Ruth. And Naomi and we looked at their faith and how it led to King David and how David ends up being uh, in the line of King Jesus and and how that story connects uh, to not only the exodus but then to us that we live with King Jesus and last week I didn't make the point as well as I needed to but Samuel he uh, he ended up becoming a priest, and uh, the prayer of Hannah and just her giving her heart to God and giving her son to God, Samuel led, way, uh, led into becoming a priest, uh, who then also appointed King uh, Saul and King David, and I wanted to connect with King Jesus and Jesus being our priest, and this morning, I want to connect our story, uh, God's story, uh, to Jesus becoming a prophet, And there is, uh, you know, within all of this, I know you guys are wanting angels and you're wanting shepherds. Well, I'll I'll tell you uh, that we'll get to those folks, but the Exodus story is about shepherds and it's also about angels and and messengers. Uh, The Exodus story begins with Moses tending his flock and caring for them and then hearing from God himself, appearing before him and says, I have a job for you to do. And we know the Exodus story, I've been sharing it week in and week out, that God uses Moses to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. When, well, Moses, he doesn't finish his job. And I want to tell the story of a few people who don't complete their work, but God uses. And if you hang with me for a few minutes, I'll, I will get this to the Christmas message of hope and encouragement. And we'll get to shepherds and angels. But just hang with me for a minute. Moses, he was given the job, get the Israelites out of Egypt and into the Promised Land. And Moses doesn't finish the job, does he? He gets on the Jordan River after the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. After all he's gone through, he's got them on the brink of going in. And he preaches, you know, like this really long message, and then he dies. So that's the reason why preachers keep it, try to keep it under an hour, right? Right? And so Moses, his last message is the book of Deuteronomy, and it's all this message of when you go in, give your lives to the Lord. Clean the land out of idolatry. Give your hearts and your lives to God. And so on the standing outside of the promised land on the other side of the Jordan River, Moses preaches his final sermon, and he passes the baton on to Joshua and we've shared this story before. He says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. The Lord is going with you. And so he passes the baton on to Joshua. And Joshua's job is to get the Israelites across the Jordan River into the promised land, take out all of the idols, take out all of the, uh, the, um, the people that are living there, drive them out, so that the promised land would be their land, that they would dwell there and worship God and give their hearts to God. And Joshua, he does a great job. The walls of Jericho fall down. And, and then after that, it sort of like starts falling apart. It doesn't go 100% as it should go. And so Joshua himself, he does a great job just as Moses does a great job. But they, uh, he too falls short. He doesn't complete the job. And some centuries later, uh, we skip quite a bit here, uh, I want to talk about two people that are like Moses and Joshua, and it's two prophets, and they are found in the book of Kings, and in 1 Kings 18, we, we hear about uh, the story of Elijah, Elijah the prophet. If you want someone that's cool, and you're a young guy, and you're like, I want to follow somebody that's really, like, I want to read about a cool story, Elijah and Elisha are the, some of the two coolest guys in the whole thing. You guys should read them. But in Elijah, he does battle with Ahab and his, uh, and, his, uh, and the Baal or Baal worshippers he does battle just like Moses does battle with Pharaoh and his gods, and they go up to Mount Carmel for a god showdown of epic proportions and it 's a prayer battle you know we hear of you know like a rap battle uh, this is a prayer battle i 'm trying to be hip and trendy with all the kids. Uh, uh, you know, I've never been in a rap battle before. I don't know how it would go. Sam, we should have that one day. I think that would be fun. It would be terrible. I've digressed, anyways. So there is a prayer battle on Mount Carmel, and King Ahab and all of the uh, the Baals prophets are on Mount Carmel, and and Elijah says, "Okay, let's have a prayer showdown. We'll set up the battle. Here's the here's the layout." And so they are all on the mountain together there's hundreds of prophets of Baal and just him and he says here I I am all alone but let's show who the real God is and so we'll set up our altars and you don't let it on fire what we will do is you set up your altar I'll set up mine and we'll get the sacrifices all set and then you'll pray and the God who answers with fire is the real God we know how the story goes and and Elijah, he says, okay, you guys go first, and Baal's prophets are all about it. They're like, yeah, this will work. And so they start praying and praying and praying, and no fire comes. And Elijah, he starts mocking them. I mean, he's worse than a teenager. He starts mocking them big time and saying, oh, he must be asleep, or he might be in the bathroom. You know, he's taking a nap. You know, he's like, he, he starts real serious trash talking, and nothing happens. And then Elijah, he gets the thing soaking wet, and he prays, and it is uh, consumed in fire. And this prayer battle between the gods shows, you know, without any question who the true God is. And that's, that's what comes out of the text is it is abundantly clear that Yahweh, the God of Elijah, the God of Israel, he is the true God. And after this, Elijah, there's you know there's a bunch of stuff that happens in Elijah's life, but he doesn't quite fulfill driving out all of all of the prophets of Baal. He doesn't quite finish his mission, and he ends up getting called up into heaven, and that's sort of the end of his story. But before he's called, before uh, before he's called to heaven, he appoints a guy named Elisha. Now, Elisha and Joshua actually have a lot of the same name. El, Elisha, Elisha. El means God, and Shah means saves. It's God saves. And Joshua, his name is Yeshua, the Lord saves. And so, Elijah passes the baton on, just like Moses passes his baton to Joshua, Elisha passes his to Elisha. Both receive uh, from One prophet to the next one shepherd to the next of God's people to the next the baton and Elisha's ministry is just incredible this guy he does amazing things Uh, one really random weird one where an axe head falls into the water and he throws a stick in and it combines and then it floats it's like that's wild like I don't know why that's in the Bible or what's going on there but uh, you know so but he raises the dead. He multiplies food. He uh, gives the widow uh, uh, multiplies the widow's oil. Like Elisha does these incredible things uh, in healing the sick and healing uh, Naaman's leprosy. He does all of these acts of kindness and healing to further the mission to further show. That this God who did battle on Carmel is the same God that is powerful enough to heal and to forgive and, to, and care for people. And so Elisha points people to God. But even Elisha's ministry isn't fully complete. He doesn't finish all of it. As we fast forward a little bit more into our Bibles and we open it up, uh, as we look at the beginning stories of the Gospel, we're introduced to another person in the wilderness. Moses was in the wilderness. Elijah's in the wilderness. There's another person standing in the wilderness, and he is advocating for the same things that Moses and Elijah advocated. This man would go before Herod, and he would call him to repent and return to God. This man would stand in the middle of the Jordan River, much like Joshua, much like Uh, the Israelites of the past as they passed through. And and John the Baptist would stand in the middle of the Jordan River and he would call people to repent, to turn to God, to turn from their sins, that that they would all come back to God. John the Baptist's ministry was to announce the kingdom of God and announce that there was new hope in, in coming and that there's one greater than him who's coming, whose sandals he says he's unworthy to untie. So we have Moses passes the sort of baton to Joshua and Elijah to Elisha and then we have John the Baptist who passes the baton to Jesus. To Yeshua. To God saves. In Matthew 121 we read it this morning Joseph is thinking about backing out of uh, his obligations in marriage. He's found out Mary's pregnant and it was an awkward conversation and And he's like, I don't know that I can do this. And they said, you're going to give this man a name. And his name is going to be salvation. His name is going to be Jesus because he's going to save people from their sins. And so the story of Christmas is the story of God sending his son to seek and save the lost, to rescue us as sinners and He is telling this story, kind of like a Hallmark story, over and over and over again. That we are being called to God to worship Him. We are being called out of Egypt. We are being called out of the wilderness. We are being called out of darkness. We are being called out of death. We are being called out of sin. We are being called out of our old lives and into a new life with Jesus Christ who has rescued us and saved us. He is calling us to be saved and redeemed and have life in him. This story repeats itself. We've looked at a wide variety of angles. And here we have uh, what I want you to see, uh, and I have it in my notes so that it makes more sense. Moses and Elijah and John the Baptist, there are all these guys in the wilderness. There are all these guys that are these prophets who are calling people out of sin, out of captivity, out of whatever situation they've found themselves in to a life with God. And then there's these people Joshua and Elisha who and now Jesus who do the act of deliverance. The deliverance that people have been crying out for, Joshua and Elisha and Jesus they are those who move people from sin and death to life. Joshua into the promised land, Elisha into healing and new life, and Jesus into uh, Jesus into the new life in the kingdom of God. And Jesus and Elisha's ministries almost feel identical. Elisha raises someone from the dead. Jesus raises the, child, uh, the boy and the girl and Lazarus, he raises them from death to life. Jesus heals, uh, Elisha heals a man of leprosy. Jesus heals people with leprosy. Jesus uh, doesn't, you know, f- make an axe float on the water, but he floats on the water. Maybe that's why. But Jesus' ministry and Elisha's is an act of salvation, of deliverance that the Lord is going to save. This is what I've been thinking about, and this is why I've said everything I've said, and this is what I want you to get. So if you'll track with me for just a second, Moses begets Elijah, Elijah begets John the Baptist, and John begets the church. And here's what I mean by that. And we'll look at, they pass the baton on to us. Jesus passes the baton on to to the church. And he says, go and be my disciples. Go and make disciples. Go uh, share everything I've commanded you. Obey, be baptized, enter into this story. John sort of hands the baton off, Jesus hands the baton off to us, and he gives us this mission, he gives us this task to go into the world, to be a people who stand in the midst of the wilderness, and what I think we do for the watching world as Christians, what I think we do and what we are called to is to be a people who learn like the Israelites what it means to trust in God and trust his provision we live differently in the world as we navigate and we walk through our lives and we look at what's going on around us and we look at the sort of uh situations that we all find ourselves in and we know that god is the god who provides us with food and water and shelter the Israelites had to learn that in the wilderness they learned, had to learn it every day it was like where will our help come from our help will come from the lord He will provide for us. He will care for us. And so the wilderness journey is them learning that God is trustworthy and faithful. And so like them, we navigate this world and we think to ourselves, God will provide. God will care. God will meet our needs. As we continue to navigate the wilderness and as we leave Egypt, as we leave a life of sin and death, as we leave what was our old life and enter into the new life, we are a people who worship God like we are called to in the wilderness. That we praise God and we trust in Him. We learn his commands. We learn his ways. We learn the Torah, not in the way that necessarily they did. We learn it from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. We learn that there is a way to our lives to love our neighbors and to love our enemies, that there is a way for us to pray and trust in God for his daily provision, to lead us from sin and temptation, to enter into new life with him. We walk with Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, and we learn that the kingdom of God is what we seek with Uh, all of our hearts, and we seek the righteousness of God, we enter into the sort of wilderness so that when the world looks at us, they can say there's something different about the church. And the way we meet one another's needs and we care for one another and the way that we navigate the wilderness of being called out of empire, of being called out of death, of being called out of darkness and sin and suffering, out of being called out of those things, people look to our lives and they know there's something different about us. And it may feel like we will never accomplish our goal completely. And the fact is probably true that we will not. We will be like Moses on the outside of the Jordan. We will be like Elijah, not yet completely getting rid of Baal and Asherah poles. We will be like Joshua not quite fully getting all of the idolatry out of the land of Canaan. We will be like Elisha, not fully healing and helping everyone. We may not finish the mission, but one day we will hand the baton off, like John to Jesus, like Moses to Joshua, like Elijah to Elisha. We will hand the baton to Jesus again, and he will return. And the promise of Scripture is this, that though we might end up on the brink of the Jordan River, the one who will take us across is Jesus Christ. The one who will save and save completely. The Bible tells us He will wipe every tear from our eyes. He will take away all of the pain. He'll take away all of the suffering. And when we pray the prayer, deliver us, Yahweh, deliver us, He will. He will, and this story that's being told and told again and told again will be complete. And God, he will make his dwelling here with us. God will be with us. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and we will be renewed. It's the promise of Revelation 21, that a new heaven and a new earth where every tear is wiped away and there's no more sin and there's no more death, God will save. So we live every day in the wilderness showing that we trust in god that he cares deeply for us and there will be things that happen in our life where we feel like god deliver us and help us i need you to get me out of this mess and we will have things happen in our lives that seem impossibly hard and it's this test will we trust in god and we can be challenged by that now. And we can also be encouraged to know that this story that has repeated itself, the thing that keeps repeating itself is God's faithfulness. That God is faithful, that God is kind, that God is gracious, that God provides, that God gives. How many times can you count in your life that God has blessed and cared for you? Have you thanked Him for that? Have you praised Him for God's faithfulness in your life this story that keeps repeating itself is god's faithfulness to his people he loves you and he sent his son to save you from your sins that's the story we keep telling and that's the story that we announce in the midst of the wilderness and we stand in the jordan river we stand with christ in our baptism we stand with christ in new life we stand with christ at the lord's supper and we keep reminding ourselves of this story that god's name is salvation let's pray god we love you so much and we thank you for the power of the story of the bible the story of you the story of what you've done to seek and save the lost to rescue us and so god i I pray that in this moment, we would know where we fit in the story as heralds of the message of the good news that was announced on the side of a mountain, that today unto us a child has been born, Christ the Lord, that we are saved from our sins through Jesus. And so, Lord, let us keep telling this story, reminding ourselves and sharing it with people anew that there would be hearts that turn to you, that there would be repentance and returning back to you, God. And so we speak to the Herods and the Pharaohs and the Ahabs, and we say, God, that there is one God, the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Lord, and we say to our brokenness and our hurt, and we say to the things going on in our life and the loneliness and whatever we face today, God, we know that you are here with us and your Spirit cares for us that we are not alone. Lord, we celebrate Emmanuel. We celebrate you, that you are with us and you love us. So for this Christmas, God, help us to know our part in the story. Help us to join along with it. That, Lord, though we may be in the wilderness, you will bring us home. You'll bring us to you. And so encourage our hearts today, Lord, and we say and we pray. Lord, deliver us. Yahweh, hear our cry. We need you. And we love you. Take us home. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.